know me, my name is Mark. For those watching on YouTube today, we're so glad that you guys are tuning in. Uh, for those listening in later, I'm grateful. Many of them are our volunteers. I have such a great team of volunteers here. Oh, I'm blessed, blessed to be a part of this team because it takes a big team effort to make a kids ministry with like 80-something kids on a Sunday morning work uh, with cafe. I had my coffee. We're good to go. We are good to go. So uh, the last couple of weeks, last five or six weeks, we've been talking about this idea of going deeper in your faith, um, not, uh, not getting stuck in the shallow end of spirituality, because there is a shallow end of Christianity. You know what it looks like? It looks like sitting in a, in a chair or a pew on a Sunday morning and seeing what they have to say, what were the songs like, okay, good, I did my time, I'm going home, and, 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 and thinking that that's Christianity it's at its basest form in that spot. Uh, and we encourage people that there's so much more to that. And the reason why, that's not going to keep you. You know, it might be exciting for a couple weeks and it's like, eh, it's not doing it for me anymore. I'm going to go try another church. And you'll go there and it'll do it for a few weeks. And like, eh, it's not doing it for me anymore. And you'll go somewhere else. And it'll always be that. Because that was never what it was meant to be. It was meant to be this deep connection with the God of the universe, you and him, and you can have it. And so we said, well, you know, how do you get there? Because this is where I've been. If the deep end's calling me, how do I, how do I get there? And so we, we challenge you to try a few things. Number one, read the word for yourself. You have the Bible in your language, read it for yourself. And we saw many who joined with us as we read through John and then through the book of Acts and are just growing deeper with the Lord, uh, experiencing who he really is. And then we talked about joining a small group or a Bible study or a serving team and how others around you can just encourage and walk with you. I've loved seeing how and hearing how some of you um, as people in your small group are going through stuff, you're the one like reaching out to pray for them. Similar to like what Brian is sharing this morning where it's like there's a burden on your heart for someone else and reaching out to walk with them. Love it. That big family idea, you grow deeper. You know, there's certain things that try and hinder you from growing deeper. And we talked about that a number of weeks ago, that suffering, suffering is sometimes real difficult for us. We're like, God, where's your hand? And we think, God, why are you doing this to me? Why are you putting me in the fire? And he's like, I'm not the one throwing you in, but my hand's reaching out and I'll carry you through. Would you just grab on? I'll carry you through. A couple weeks ago, we talked about how guilt and shame sometimes try and come back on your life as a Jesus follower. And that Holy Spirit's not working with guilt and shame. So often, guilt comes on our life for like our sin, our past, and we like hide And he's like, I don't want you to hide from me. Come seek me. I'm the answer you need. I've already forgiven it. You are free. Just live in it. We talked about that. And then last week, we just talked about this continual invitation to be filled with Holy Spirit. And I got some feedback on that for some. They were saying, you know, filled with Holy Spirit. Like when you accept Christ, don't you get all of God? And that's true. You get all of God. You're filled right up to here. But what he wants is the rest of you. He wants this. He wants your mind to be renewed, that, that he gets this part of you, that you begin to think like him and live out life like him. And so it's that idea of saying, Holy Spirit, would you just fill me with you? That whoever I bump into today, that out of my mouth comes your words, that my thoughts towards them are your thoughts, that my eyes see them the way you see them. God, would you fill me with you? Hopefully you had a chance to do some of that this week. And then today is our final session. It's not the final session of growing deeper, though. That's a lifelong thing of growing deeper in your faith with Christ. But uh, today's our final session in this series. And so I love some of the feedback I got. One guy had said to me last week after the service, he came up. He said, Mark, do you realize what that word deep end says? 
He said, uh, his, his quote was something like this. He was like saying, you know what? You're going to have to depend on him if you're going to stay in the deep end with him. You're going to have to depend on him if you're going to stay in the deep end with him. And uh, I thought, man, that is clever, but it's also true. That as we keep going deeper with him, our dependence on him just continues to grow. You'll find that's where you really want to be. I know it seems scary, but it's the best possible spot to be. Um, with our small groups, I love the fact that uh, as people took the challenge, uh, I was going to start a small group in the portable, and I thought, ah, you know, I'll have 10 people. I ordered 10 guides, and all of a sudden, you know, there was like 18 people signed up. I was like, oh, I better get more guides. And then 25 people showed up uh, in part of the, our small group. I'm like, this is not a small group anymore. But uh, so we're doing this, having a real relationship with God on Wednesday nights. We're doing it at 6 o'clock and 7 o'clock to make two small groups, and it's been great. And there was this comment that was made a couple of weeks ago that just, it just stuck with me. One of the, I don't remember even who it was, but they said this, this thought. We asked why you're there, and they said, because I thought, you know, I thought that being a follower of Jesus and having, like, a relationship with God, I thought I would feel more something. I'd feel, I don't know what it is that I'd feel, but I'd feel more something if I'm in a relationship with God. In, in other relationships, I feel something. I just thought I would feel something more. They said, I see other people, they're passionate about their faith, but I, I must be missing something because I don't have that. I feel like I'm missing something. I feel like I should feel more. And I thought, you know what? they're probably not the only one that feels that way. Because I felt that way sometimes. Have you? Felt like, man, I just, ah, I must be missing something. I think it should be deeper than this. And so today, um, we're going to chat about that. That idea of when it, when it doesn't feel, when it doesn't feel like a, a vibrant relationship with the Lord, what do you do? How do you go deeper with him? And so it's Thanksgiving, and uh, today, uh, I'm sorry to all the introverts here. I'd say, who's all the introverts? Please raise your hand, and none of them will, because <laughs> you don't. And most of the time here, we, this is like an introvert's worst day, just, just forewarning. Uh, because as introverts, you just, uh, there's no, I don't want to participate. Don't, don't point me out. I just, I'm sitting close to the back or like at the front so you don't know that I'm an introvert and don't come back there and find me. Um, whatever your thing is. So 51 weeks out of the year, we try and accommodate and we don't make you shake hands. And we don't make you say hi to people. And we just, we just let you be. But today, introvert's worst nightmare. We're having audience participation Sunday. And all the extroverts are like, yeah, we get a week. Woo. All right. So we're going we're gonna to try this. How many of you are here today? Let's see your hands. Okay, good, good. I didn't see them all. How many of you are here today? Good, good. Yes, it'll get easier, uh, I think. <laughs> it's Thanksgiving. How many of you have something to be thankful for today? Yeah, quick. Yeah, all right. How many of you, you know, there's that song we sing, 10,000 Reasons. How many of you think you at least have 10,000 reasons to be thankful for? A few hands, how many, okay, let's go down. How many, at least a thousand? At least a thousand? At least a hundred? At least 50? My wife's looking at me like, oh, I was hoping you weren't going to do this again, but coming for you, hon, I'm coming for you. So this morning, I just want us to, as a team, I, I loved how Zach did it with the kids. I want us as a team to come up with a list of things that we're thankful for. So I need two volunteers, and these are the easiest jobs. So who would, does anybody have a timer on their phone that they would be willing to use for us this morning? Come on up. You're volunteer number one. Volunteer number two. Can you, I need somebody who can count to 100. All right. Come on up. Come on up. 99. So would you set one minute? And let's say we're going to... Uh, last night did pretty good. So we're going to set one minute and 30 seconds on this clock. 
I want you to count. I'm just going to go around. This is like point and shoot, except it's point and shout. So I'm going to point at you. I just want you to shout out one thing you're thankful for. But it cannot be a duplicate of anything that's already been mentioned. So come up with a list. Are you ready? You're going to count every single one. As we go, you let us know when the timer's done. Okay, it'll go off. It's going to be loud. Perfect. Are you ready? You're not ready, but we're going to do it anyways. On your mark, get set, go. Kingsway. Kingsway. God. Eternity. You knew we were coming to you. Next. Future for y'all. Oh, God, yeah. Parents, remember that. He's thankful for you. <laughs> Family. Chickens. Can't. That's a double. Don't count that one. Introvert here. <laughs> Siblings, remember that. <laughs> Donuts. Oh, forget it. I'll take that. How about you? Oh, timer. How far did we get? 56 to donuts. Give yourselves a big hand. And those of you at the back, you can wipe the sweat. We didn't get to you. All right. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that went better than last night. Last night was a little sketch. Some people are thankful for some weird stuff. Um, but even as a team... You know, I didn't, like, buzz you on all the duplicates, but there were a number of duplicates. It's, it's hard, and some of you are like, oh, oh I, don't know what to, I don't know what to be thankful for. Because we can say, oh, yeah, it's easy, 10,000 things I'm thankful for, but then when we actually have to do it, we don't often do that. How many, when's the last time you sat down and thought, you know, I'm just going to be thankful for, like, 100 things without it being Thanksgiving weekend? Because <laughs> we, don't, we don't do it very often, and yet I thought about this this morning. I actually thought about this a number of uh, weeks ago, but it works every morning. Just think about this morning for a minute. The things that you have to be thankful for, the things that possibly you took for granted, when I thought about it from my perspective, it was this, that I opened my eyes this morning to a new day. That's a gift. I took that first breath. (sighs) Take one for a minute. That's a gift. That's a gift. The hands, these hands that pulled back the sheets and the covers and... And then I thought of the sheets. Somebody made those. I'm grateful. Someone manufactured them. Someone designed them. Someone shipped them. Someone sold them. Someone made the bed. It wasn't me. I was grateful. (laughs) As I slid out, two feet touched the floor. Man, I'm glad I have two feet. Stepped on carpet. I thought, someone designed carpet. Thank you for that. Someone um, manufactured it. Someone sold it. Someone delivered it. Someone installed it. None of those were me. Man, I'm grateful. 
Then I moved on to uh, my washroom, and there's indoor plumbing. Man, I'm grateful. <laughs> Clean, safe, drinking water on demand. Hot water and shower heads, shampoo and soap, and a nose to smell Axe body wash. <sighs> just try it. I can't promise what you're going to smell, but just try it. <sighs> there it is again. Another one of those breaths. A gift. Then I have the towel hanging on that towel bar at the perfect height for me. Thank you, me, for installing it that way. The clothing, the mirror, the hair gel, the hair, the haircut. Thank you to my beautiful hairdresser, my wife. The toothbrush, the toothpaste, the teeth, the smile, the way a smile feels. It's true. It's good, eh? It's good. I'm thankful for that. Thankful for that. Down to breakfast, harvested, packaged, shipped, sold, purchased, prepared by someone, not me. Thank you. Thank you. And then coffee. Oh, the coffee. The coffee press, the cream, the mug, the handle so I don't burn my hand. That first sip, liquid of the gods. Thank you. The clock to remind me that I have to work today. The phone, the scripture reading, the chance that I get to read, the ability to read in my language, on my device. Scripture. The writers who thought to write it the translators who gave and spent their lives putting it into my language so I can understand these beautiful words. The people over time who, when this book was under attack, when these words were under attack, literally laid down and gave their lives so that I could have it. Thank you. Then on to church, the vehicle, the fuel, the paved roads and the sun, the leaves, the trees, oh man, so many trees, the beauty all around me, hopping into Kingsway, finding the greeters, glad there was heaters, the kids' church volunteers in the cafe, man, I'm glad for the smiles back there, the plastic gloves, thank you very much, <laughs> the selection of tea, and then there's coffee again, and it's free, ah, there it is again, that breath, and then there's brownies, I don't know if they were here this morning, but... I see him pounded into the floor up here, so I'm guessing there were brownies. But the brownies, those Costco same as every week, two-bite brownies. You know, this week, let's pause on that for a moment. This week, we had the funeral for Priscilla. Priscilla's a, a lady who goes to our, who went to our church on Saturday night. She was in a wheelchair. Um, our building's not wheelchair accessible, but she loved these people so much she would not miss. And as she came here every, every week, she would come up to that cafe and be excited about a brownie. She'd rub her hands out of just sheer excitement of this was like the first brownie she ever had, even though she has them every single week. Just that gratitude that this might be my last brownie. I'm so thankful for this brownie. I learned something from her as we did her um, service, her celebration of life this week, reminded of, of what just genuine gratitude looks like. And so I'm thankful for the good eats on the padded seats for you, the family and friends, the music, the musicians, the way the songs blend, the King's, uh, King's kids dancing and flossing to the music last night, the, uh, the MC, the sound man, the words on the screen, and usher found your seat because you're late, you know, the, the high five, the hug, man, I, I just feel great. There's a moment of peace in this busy, busy season, busy, busy day, just a moment to sit and just breathe. 
there it is again. That gift, that gift. How many have I had today? How many have I just taken for granted and not even thought of that I took today? Thank you. It's your breath in my lungs. It's your breath in my lungs. I don't do it very often, this. Sitting around and just thinking, I don't do it often enough. Every once in a while, there's um, something that awakens me to the thought of Thanksgiving. Sometimes it's a date on a calendar. Other times it's just a moment of clarity in a busy, busy, bustling, hustling, bustling world. And I read today's passage with you about how Jesus has one of these moments with a man named Simon. And possibly this isn't the first time you've ever heard the words that we're about to read. But I challenge you not to miss the message in it for you this morning as I challenge myself not to miss the message for me. So let's go there together. If you have your Bible or if you have it on your phone, would you grab it? That's a gift. That's a gift. Grab and go with us. We're going to go to Luke chapter 7. I know we put it on the screen, but that's, not, that's for convenience, not to instill laziness. I almost think sometimes we shouldn't have it up there, but Luke chapter 7. Let's, I can't put words in yellow if it's not up there, so... Let's do this together. But as we read, could you do me a favor? Could you just imagine yourself being there? Just if you have to, close your eyes for a second just to reset the setting. Because right now you're sitting in this building. But just reset the setting to be sitting in a home. In a home in northern Jerusalem. In a place that, uh, you know, doesn't look like here. You know, you're not sitting at a table. You're laying at a table. And there's Jesus and a few others gathered around says this in Luke 7, 36. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to have dinner with him. Because not all the Pharisees hated Jesus. Some were intrigued by him. They said, so Jesus went to his home and he sat down. But to be better translated, that he laid down or he reclined to eat. When a certain immoral woman from the city, she heard he was eating there. And so she brought a beautiful alabaster jar filled with expensive perfume to the party she wasn't even invited to. Verse 38, it says, Then she knelt behind him at his feet. He's laying with his head by the table. His feet are close to the door. Her tears falling on his feet as she weeps. And she begins to wipe them off with her hair, anointing his feet with this, uh, with this expensive perfume. And then she kept kissing his feet and putting perfume on them. Verse 39, When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he'd know what kind of woman's touching him. Man, she's a sinner. I love this part. Verse 40, Jesus answered his thoughts. He never even said it out loud, but Jesus knew because he's more than a prophet. He's like, Simon, you thinking something? <laughs> hey, buddy, I got a story for you. I got something I want to say to you. Simon's like, okay, go ahead, teacher, having no idea what's about to come. Verse 41, so Jesus told him a story. Didn't say, Simon, hey, you know what? You shouldn't be thinking like that. He just said, Simon, listen to this story. Hey, there was a man who loaned money to two people. 500 pieces of silver to one, 50 pieces of silver to other. Just for, um, uh, to, in, in their day, a piece of silver, one denarii was worth, or denarius was worth uh, one day's wage. So to one man, he's lending 500 days worth of wages. That's a couple years worth of wages. That's a lot of money. To another, he lends 50, which is still quite a bit of money, a month's and a half's worth of wages. And he says to them, neither of them could repay him. So this man kindly forgave them both. 
forgave them both and canceled their debts. Who do you suppose loved him more after that? He asked Simon. Simon answered, verse 43, I suppose the one for whom he canceled the larger debt. That's right, Jesus said. Then he turned to the woman and he said to Simon. He turned to the woman and he said to Simon, Simon, look at this woman kneeling here. Simon's probably thinking, yeah, I've already been looking at this woman here. How come you haven't been looking at this? Don't you see what she's doing to you, Jesus? She's a sinner and she's touching you. If you were a prophet, you would say something to her. But Jesus is saying to Simon, Simon, I don't want you to look at her. I want you to see her because she's a lesson for you. She's a wake-up call for you. She's this moment of clarity in your life. Simon mistakenly thought it was the woman who was actually supposed to be corrected. But here's what Jesus says to Simon. When I entered your home, you, you didn't offer me water to wash the dust from my feet. But she, she's washed them with her tears and she's wiped them with her hair. Verse 45, he says, you, you didn't greet me, you know, um, with a kiss. But from the time I first came in, she has not stopped kissing me kissing my feet. Verse 46, you, you neglected the courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head, but she, she's anointed my feet with rare perfume. Simon, I tell you, her sins, and they are many, have been forgiven. That's why she's shown me much love, but a person who's forgiven little shows only little love. Verse 48, Jesus said to the woman, your sins are forgiven, you know. He's reminding her of something he's already told her. Your sins are forgiven. Verse 49, the men at the table said among themselves, who's this man that goes around forgiving sins? And Jesus said to the woman, don't worry about them. Your faith has saved you. You may go, go in peace. He says to this man, Simon, Simon, this woman, she's had many, many sins and everyone knows it. But guess what? She knows it too. And though she's had many, many sins, she knows that many, many sins have been forgiven and she knows it. But Simon, there's two debtors in the story. One owes 50 and one owes 500 and you think she's the one who owes 500. But Simon, you have many, many sins too. You just don't realize yet. You don't realize that you've been forgiven much as well. You know, often in our life, our focus needs an adjustment. We focus on the wrong things so often. I thought of a few different ways that, that apply to our lives. We are often focused on the stuff we don't have. We're focused on what we don't have. Anybody else find themselves in that place? And just one more. Just one more. And it's not your fault. It's, I, I, it's going to let us all off the hook. We live in a culture that that is just propelled by that. Every ad you see, every, every um, place you go, it's always that idea of just one more. I just need one more raise, then I'll be happy. I just need one more shift of overtime or one more vehicle or one more house or one more vacation or one more thing off the buy and sell or for me, like one more tree for the driveway. Just one more, just one more. One more phone, one more pair of jeans, one more shirt, one more pair of shoes, just, just one more, just one more. And we focus on the lack rather than what we've already been given. That's what I love about Thanksgiving. It forces us to think about all the stuff that we already have. Because our mindset so typically is, ah, just one more. That focus needs an adjustment this morning. Our focus, we focus on the negative rather than the positive. I love Jordan's testimony from her baptism. She said, you know, we're, we're just born negative. 
It's like everybody around always sees the negative and it stirs up this, this um, drama at school and around, around us. I was like, yeah, not just school. We're so quick to see the negative. I saw this little poem thing. It went something like this in a field. In a field of roses, some people will always just see the thorns. And in a field of weeds, there are some who will always see the wildflowers. Which one are you? Which one am I? So often, so often, we focus on the negative rather than the positive. The focus, we focus on our expectations rather than appreciations. We focus on, you know, the things that we don't have yet and take for granted everything that we, we do, including people in our lives. That idea of expectation If you're married here, listen real close. This could save you a lot of counseling. When we do our life with people, sometimes we just get into this idea of expectations. I heard Andy Stanley do a a series on this uh, a while back, probably a year ago. And he was saying that so often we just walk through life expecting things to happen. We don't even realize it, but we put put that on other people. And as as a result, we take them for granted. He said, you know, the next time your wife does something for you that she always does, just say, hey, thank you. I wasn't expecting that. I'm like, that's a good tip. I'm going to try that. So then I saw Beth bringing up the laundry, and I said to her, hon, I said, thank you. I wasn't, ex-, you know, I said, thank you for doing my laundry. And she's like, it's my job. And I was like, I, I-, I never said it was your job, but it- I just want you to know I wasn't expecting that. She's like, well, how else do you expect it's going to get done? <laughs> and there's that thought. I'm like, Andy said, you know, I, this is supposed to be a complimentary moment. And it was that idea of, you know what? I am thankful. I'm thankful. I'm not just expecting that this is going to happen all the time. I want you to know that I'm grateful for this time that you've done the laundry, my laundry. And I'm grateful for you. I'm thankful for you. It's I would encourage you to try it at home. Hopefully it goes as well for you. When you realize, you know, people, people uh, love gratitude. Genuine gratitude. Genuine. It's actually the language of love. It's the language of love. <laughs> Some of you, you get all romantic. You like lower your voice and tell your wife sweet nothings. This will work so much better. (laughs) The idea of being thankful, (laughs) thankful for the genuine stuff that happens in your life, in your parenting. Oh, I got to be careful. My daughter sits up here now. (laughs) (laughs) The idea of of just not taking someone for granted. Nobody loves to, to have that. And, you know, this thank you is some of the greatest words you could share in your relationships with your kids. Yeah, that's their job. That's what they get their allowance for. Thank you. Goes such a long way. I love some of you. You're thankful for your parents. That was awesome. Thank you. Goes such a long way. With work, with friendships, no one likes feeling like they're taken for granted. And it's in relationships, man, you could save yourself tons of heartache and marriage counseling by just using the words thank you more often. Just having that expectation focus adjusted to be more on our appreciation. And the final one, focused on what hasn't happened yet. So easy for us to focus on what hasn't happened yet. The other day, uh, this past week was the fair. 
uh, the Norfolk Fair. And so on Tuesday, we took our kids to see all the crafts they made. And it was just awesome watching, seeing all the first place and seeing some of the, the other artwork and stuff. And then uh, as we spent, we spent a good portion of the day there and then we headed home. But the kids had these ride tickets for Thursday. They're smart at the fair. They know we can get them back by giving them one free ride and then they'll come back and hopefully use a whole bunch more. And so my kids knew they had these ride tickets and, and they were like, we could, you know, we're going to go, we're going to go. I was like, ah, uh, you know, Beth's away that day. And so like, I, I don't think we're going to go. But then the day of, I thought, you know what? This would be a great surprise for these kids. Dad's going to single-handedly take them to the fair. Like, that's scary for me. Like two eyes, four kids and like, umpteen things for them to go and do and, and whatever. And so I'm like, this is, I'm going to do this. And so I kept it a surprise all day. They're like, Dad, what are we doing? What are we doing? I'm like, I can't tell you, but you're going to love it. I told them right before we went, get on your hoodies, get on your... They're like, we're going somewhere. I was like, yes, and then you're going to need to wear these. And I gave them earplugs because I'm a good dad. And, and uh, we're going to see the monster trucks. And so they're like, you're gonna, and they're like yeah, we're going to the monster trucks, yo. And so we all pile in the van or the truck and we zip off to... Um, Simcoe, and we get there, and I thought, you know, we're going to make it extra fun. Like, we're so, I don't say, I'm always hard on the Dutch. We're just frugal, right? I'm not going to, you know, buy all that overpriced fair food, right? So, but then I said, you know what? This time, we're going to buy overpriced fair food. So I put, took money in my pocket, and we went there, and, and, and they, we said, kids, what do you guys want? And we went on rides, and it was great. And then they wanted funnel cakes. I'm like, yes, not just a funnel cake, two funnel cakes, having no idea how much funnel cakes cost, you know? <laughs> 25 bucks later, I'm like, oh, there's a Nutella one, and there's this other one, and the kids are like hoovering these things down, and then the, the guys, the boys after, like, I didn't really want a funnel cake. That was Reese and Link who wanted that, and so like, oh, man. So they're like, what did you guys want? I wanted taffy, and I wanted cotton candy. I'm like, oh, man, I, I, okay, here you go. We, so they go, and the one gets taffy, and one gets cotton candy, and, and then we watch the monster trucks, and the show is awesome. As we're about to leave, I'm thinking, man, they're just going to be so grateful for this day and as I grabbed my son's hand and we're walking he looks at me like dad I'm hungry I'm starving you never feed me and I'm like I'm broke kid I came with 60 bucks I have four dollars left I was, I was like what do you mean you had to eat all this but I didn't like that and cotton candy doesn't fill you up and I was like it's true. It's sugar and air. You should have known that. <laughs> it's like huge, right? He thinks in his head it's going to fill him up. And I was like, Reese, you're not allowed to tell your brothers any of this. So then as we walked out of there, he's, I'm like, you know, we'll have food at home. And all of a sudden the legs, the knees stop working. He's like dragging him along in front of the fair. It's like, I'm like, come on, we're going. We're going quicker now. We're going to go home and have something to eat. He's like, you never do anything fun with us. And I just felt my inner Homer Simpson coming up, I'm like, what are you little, you know, it's gonna... <laughs> but I, I did, as I, as I, I thought about it, I was like, you know what, I just wanted this to be fun, so we went and looked at crafts and whatever else, and we went home and everyone survived, but as I thought about, as I thought about this in prepping for it, and even in that moment, there was this thought that came to me, how often do I do the very same thing with my Heavenly Father? How often am I like looking for that next thing? God, why haven't you done this yet? God, how come this hasn't gone the way I had hoped? Or, you know, God, this is, this is my prayer. I thought, man, how often do we do that kind of stuff? After all he's done for us, that our first response is, God, I need, I need, I need. I hope it's just me. 
You know, but too often we're so, we, we so forget what he's done for us. Paul writes to the Thessalonian believers and he, he tells them this, 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 18, be thankful in all circumstances all the time, guys. Be thankful all the time. Not for all circumstances. Don't be thankful for the bad stuff that you're going through. He didn't do that. Don't give him thanks for stuff he didn't do. But he says, but when you're in it, keep your thankfulness high because it affects the way you walk through. It's the love language between you and your heavenly father. That gratitude, it, it matters. Being thankful for what he's already done. Paul wrote to the Philippians and he writes a letter to them and he says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, if you Philippian believers. Every time I think of you, I'm, I'm just grateful. You know where he's sitting as he writes it? Rotting in a prison cell. But he says, you know what, guys, I'm thankful for you. And later on in the Philippians, he says, you know what, don't be anxious for anything. He says, you got stuff going on in your life, don't, don't worry. He says, but pray and with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Not just let them be known, with thanksgiving, remind yourself of what God has already done because he's faithful. I love that another in the fire. He is faithful back then. He's with you today. He's going to be with you in the future. God, I'm thankful for that. If I, I don't have anything else to be thankful for at this moment, I'm glad that you're with me. I'm thankful that you're with me. And sometimes he just says, sit down and start writing a list. Why? Because we have been given much. If we had time this morning, I would ask you to do just that. Take out a list and start to write, here's what I've been given. Here's what I've been, no matter what I'm in right now, this is what I have been given. I've been given much, but it's bigger than that. It's greater than that because we've been forgiven much. Forgiven much. You know, this is the point that Jesus was making with Simon. Because I think sometimes, as we are so easily take everything else for granted, I think sometimes we take salvation and we take forgiveness for granted. This week I was picking up some lumber and I had these guys, I asked them to help them load the lumber and they, they offered to help load lumber in, in the back of Beth's van and the, until I started propping it up on the console. And they're like, uh, we, we aren't going to do that. I'm like, it's my wife's van. A few more scratches won't matter. It's all good. And they're like, uh, no, <laughs> we're actually not allowed to load anything like that. And I said, uh, so it's like, okay, no problem. I'll, I'll load it. And, I, and, and then they tell, told me the story. He says, the reason is, he says, we're, we're not jerks. It's just like our boss told us we're not allowed to do this anymore. Because a, a, a while back, we were loading a, a piece of wood. It was an $8 piece of wood. And we were putting it in this guy's pickup truck. And we put it, it through the sliding glass window. Um, and so we had, the window was open. We pushed it through. But we ended up busting the slider window. And so we thought we were going you know, to have to pay for it. It was like, ah, you know what? No big deal. Until the bill came. And they told us they couldn't fix just the window. They replaced the whole thing. And it was 1000 bucks. They thought it was eight, an $8 piece of wood for, you know, whatever a small fix was going to cost. But it ended up being way bigger than they had thought. And I think that's sometimes the way it is for us, especially as Jesus followers. We don't think of what we've been forgiven for as being massive because we're forgiven. We don't think about all the stuff, you know, the, the list of things that we've been forgiven for. So I encourage you, and we're not going to do it the same way. We're not going to go around and say, here, shout out your guiltiest moment. I do have a limit. <laughs> but I know I got guilt moments. I got things I'm ashamed of in my past. I've got sin. I've got things that, you know, that, that are, are black marks that I'm not, I'm not proud of. I'd encourage you this morning. Normally we tell you, don't even think about all that stuff. It's in the past. It's forgiven. Don't get stuck back there. But every once in a while, it's good to remind yourself of that list. Because you begin to write that list. Committed this sin uh, 50 times. 
did this today, did this, and the guilt and the shame and the mistakes and the sin pile up. The only thing I want you to say, consider that is because you realize that's all been forgiven in Christ. We have been forgiven much. And when we don't realize it, it affects our relationship with him. It affects that idea of why don't I feel, why don't I feel more in this relationship? I think it's the gratitude thing that needs to, to come up. Have you, um, have you ever thought about the list? <laughs> I think, too, that sometimes not, that's not even enough. Because if I look at my list, I could write my list. And then I could go around looking like, oh, I don't like my list very much. But I could start comparing it to other. No, I'm not comparing it to him. I'll feel worse. You know, but I might find somebody that I can compare my list with and think, oh, I feel a little better about myself. <laughs> my list isn't as bad as theirs. And there it is again, that gratitude begins to slip away. But what I've come to realize is that I was born into a mess. I was born into this category of sinner. I didn't choose that. My parents didn't choose that. Adam chose that. And we all end up being born into this category called sinner. Do we have a thing for that? So this is where each of us find ourselves. And really, it's like we're born on a conveyor belt heading for destruction, we have no way off of it on our own, but God, he came and he comes to, to reach out and rescue us. But even though we were born into this, not by our own decision, when I had a chance, I willfully chose. I willfully chose sin and I just added all my own, you know, black marks to this, to this thing. And there just isn't enough ink to cover it. I knew it was wrong and you still did it. There's things I knew that were right and I just didn't do them. And I could try and be a better person. I could try and add up some things and say, okay, here's some good deeds I did and try and, try and add them in there. But I can't undo any of these. I can't undo what's already been done. I might live differently as a result now, but, but it doesn't undo that. I can't, I can't do anything on my own. You know, the Bible just says about each of us that we're helpless, godless, enemies of God, slaves to sin. Those are strong words. But before Christ, that's us. That's me, helpless. I, I can't get out on my own. There is absolutely nothing I can do to get out of it on my own. I can't save myself. Just a baby. That was me, was it you? I don't want to say that was me. I was a pretty good, I thought I was pretty good. You know what? If we're honest, we all find ourselves in that spot if we think about our lives without Christ, but he says, but God, <laughs> but God. Romans 5, 8 says, but God showed his great love for me by sending Christ to die for me while I was still a sinner. I didn't do anything to get out of there. He did it for me. And just like the woman in the story, I have been forgiven much. I've been forgiven much. I'm now free. I'm brand new. I'm reborn. I'm alive. I'm a child of God, not because of me, but because of him. It's what he's done. And that word saint, I know some of you are like, uh, that, you picture Catholic saints. I mean, just picture a forgiven child of God. That is who you are in him, in right relationship with him, how much we've been forgiven. And so I think about it. What about me and what about you in relation to this story? Maybe you sit here and you feel like, yeah, I feel like there's others who are passionate about their faith and I just don't have that. I feel there's others that are kind of going deeper, but I'm not there. I feel like I'm missing something. It might be time for you to write a couple lists. It might be time for you to begin writing a list of, man, this is what I've been given because I've been given much. Thank you, God, for what I've been given today. You watch your passion meter come on all the way up. And if that list doesn't work for you, I would challenge you to write the other one. Man, I have been 
forgiven much. So today, am I living more like Simon? Look at that woman. Look at, you know, look at all the other stuff around me. Jesus, what have you done for me lately? Or am I like that woman who just out of the sheer gratitude of what he's done, it doesn't matter what people think. I'll throw my hands up. I'll praise him because I'm in awe of what he's done for me. He sent his son for me. He sent his son for me. I didn't deserve it. I sure couldn't earn it. But he gave his life for me anyway. Thank you. Thank you, God, for forgiveness, for freedom, for these moments of peace, for salvation. Thank you for you. (sighs) There it is again, that gift. My life is in him. My past is in him. My future's in him, with him. For all we've been given, for all we've been forgiven. There's the song, so many reasons, so many to count, to say that I love you, to worship you now. Your love is patient and your heart is kind. I'm yours forever, forever you're mine. So bless the Lord, oh my soul. Oh, my soul will worship your holy name. We'll sing like never before. Oh, my soul, I'll worship your holy name. Heavenly Father, you deserve all the praise we can bring for all that you've done. Lord, forgive us for the things we've forgotten, the things all that we've been given always looking for just one more. But Father, help us to focus and remember that just one gift that you gave us, your son. Thank you for the forgiveness that not only washed away everything we've done, but cleanses me today and continues to cleanse me from here on in. God, you're awesome. God, you're awesome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. As we live out today, we see with new eyes the world around us, the people around us. <laughs> Be reminded not to take them for granted again. And fathers, we live today in the freedom that we have in you. May it just be the anthem of our soul, the anthem of our heart. So we get to walk with you and live with you because of what you've done for us. Lord, may our day be praised to you. You deserve nothing less. You deserve all we can bring. It's in your beautiful name I pray. Amen.